Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, Aaron, I hear you got the con crud. I don't know if I would say it's the con crud. No? This is long enough Isn't... after the con. I don't think this counts. I think this is something completely different. So what's the statute of limitations for the con crud? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is something I got that I was like fighting off for a week and then it finally got the best of me. But I am definitely under the weather right now. Yes, and if you guys didn't know, we just got back from Star Wars Celebration Orlando, and we had a really good time, and we didn't really use Bookworm's social media that much. We used our own, uh, but we're going to fix that, I think, aren't we? We're fixing that, like in general? Yeah, just in general, generally speaking. Generally speaking, we're going to tweet more from Bookworm's. Yes, we're going to do some more stuff on social media and everything. And we also want to thank all of you that listened to the show that actually went and voted for us for the Star Wars Podcast Awards. I don't think we've gotten a chance to thank everybody, have we? No, this is the first episode we've done since we found out that we won again. Yeah, two times in a row. It's awesome. And so because of that, we have this new resolve and we are going to try to do some things bigger and better and different. And first, we're going to start trying to do the show more often, maybe at least two times a month. So I'm excited for that. Well, we're saying we're going to attempt. <laughs> we're hoping that we can do that. There's just so much content coming out, which is what we're going to talk about on this particular episode. There's so much stuff coming that we almost have to if we want to keep up. Yeah, that's true. There's too much content to be a monthly show anymore if we're going to cover everything. So we've already been skipping some stuff, um, and we've gotten a bit behind on especially the comics. So yeah, I think in order for us to keep up, we're probably going to have to start recording more often which I think will be cool. It gives us more opportunity to talk about Star Wars. So, Yeah, I mean, I have to hang out with you, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And we have <laughs> heard from some listeners that they're like, oh, the one thing we wish you guys did was, you know, actually do more episodes. And so they waiting a month or a month and a half was too long for some people. So now we're going to try to, to ramp it up a little bit and do uh, episodes more often. Yeah, but, you know, before we jump into all the news from Star Wars Celebration Orlando, why don't we tell uh, some stories just about things that happened to us at the convention and stuff we enjoyed. But first thing I want to ask you, it's not here on the notes for you, though. What is your biggest personal highlight from the convention? Like, first thing that pops into your head. Or a couple. <laughs> um, I think probably just The Last Jedi stuff and... Um... I mean, the big highlights for me would be the, the Last Jedi panel and then the, the Rebels panel. Those two things were was what I was looking forward to the most going to the convention and the things I actually enjoyed the most being at the convention. So um, a lot of cool new things we hadn't seen previously. And um, yeah, I got really excited about those things. You answered my second question. <laughs> what was the second question? The second question was about Star Wars content, like from the panels and stuff. The question was, what is your biggest personal highlight? Like non-panel, 
related. Oh, I see. I don't know. Like, I think it's kind of like the cheesy answer that everybody gives. You know, it's like, oh, I get to see all my Star Wars friends. So that's it. Like, I feel bad giving that answer because I feel like everybody says that. But really, that's what the con has become. Like, you go to enough of these conventions, they all start to feel a little bit similar. But the the real highlight is being able to hang out with people that you don't get to see very often. You know, some of these people that I got to hang out with at Celebration I hadn't seen in years, you know, at least two years, if not longer for some people. So it's just a really awesome opportunity to hang out with all of my Star Wars friends all in the same place. Uh, so cheesy answer, but that's really the truth. Yeah, that's my answer too. I mean, it's like, it's a family. And so it's so much fun to get to see everybody. But like, do you have a specific moment that you can think of that just rings in your mind of like one of the most fun things? Because for me, I think it's interesting, but it's actually that very first morning on Thursday when we had breakfast and we were all sitting around on the floor and listening to the dumb seagull song and like just having a good time. I think, gosh, who all was there? Riley and Bethany Blanton. Um, Bruce Gibson um, was there. Bruce Matt Gibson, Rushing. Matt Rushing. Gosh, William Devereaux. Yeah. Uh, There's just a ton of people and it was like really, really fun too. Yeah, that's a good moment. Um, there's There was a lot of just different times. Um you know, just bumping into people that I didn't expect to bump into or, um, you know, I know like, I think we might even talk about it, but kind of that moment where me and you just happened to walk onto the same elevator as Dave Filoni. Yep. That's coming up. It's coming. Things like that. It's just, you know, only can happen at Star Wars Celebration. So yeah, I mean, there's tons of highlights. I love going to Star Wars Celebration and it's the only thing now that it's over. It's really sad to think that we have to wait, you know, two more years until we get to do it again. I know, I know. So let's talk about that story, though, about Dave Filoni. I think you just posted on the Bookworms Twitter, actually, tonight that we were recording this episode, and you posted that picture from the elevator. So I'm going to let you tell the story of sort of how that happened. <laughs> oh, I'm going to apologize again to our listeners because I am a bit under the weather. I've been sick all day. So if I know in general I don't tend to have enthusiasm in my voice. I've been told that. <laughs> But like now it's probably even, so mellow. it's toned even lower probably today. So I apologize. Um, but yeah, that, so are we going to tell just the Dave story or the, the, well, we need to tell the story of like how we ended up even going to the elevator in the first place, I think. Cause I feel like this, the story about the posters almost leads into the Dave story. And I feel like that kind maybe should be does. told first. Okay, so let's tell the story about the posters. Did you tell these stories already on Geek Out Loud? Sort of. Okay, but so I some think of the listeners may have heard to, this already. It's time for you to tell your version. I haven't heard your version, so I don't even know how accurate you told the story because I haven't listened back to Geek Out Loud yet. Uh, so. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I almost wish I had heard it before now so I could correct things. but I don't know if it's even out yet, honestly. Okay. I'm not well, sure. Maybe we can get this out first. But... Yeah, so we went to the 40th anniversary panel, and we saw, or we got these posters, these Princess Leia posters, really awesome, like tribute to Carrie Fisher kind of poster. Um, That are numbered. That are numbered. They're like limited, you know, limited run, you know, I think there were 8,000. It was a run of 8,000 posters. And so we we got these posters. We're like, oh, we really want to hold on to these. You know, sometimes you get these posters that give away, and you just don't really care that much about them. This is a poster that looked, it had some meaning behind it. It was, 
an actual collectible that we wanted to hold on to. And so Teresa was giving me a hard time the whole time, like, don't lose them, don't lose them, don't lose them, don't lose them. I'm like, come on, I'm not going to lose these posters. How am I going to lose them? They're like these big giant things that I have to have in my hands. I'm not going to lose them. So we we do our <laughs> we do our interviews with DK authors, and what happens? But I lose them. <laughs> they, I'm telling you, they must have walked away. I Somebody had down. to have taken them. Yeah, I set them down on a table, and you even warned me at when I set them down on the table. You kind of looked over at me, and you're like, "Hey, you know, remember those posters? Make sure you don't set them down like face down, so we don't forget that they're there." And I'm like, "Okay, stop. You know, stop bothering me about this." And then we ended up walking away. I left the posters on the table. Quickly, I realized that I forgot them, so we ran back, but they had already been taken at that time. So they were gone. Mm-hmm. So, so well fast done. forward. Yeah, fast forward a little bit of time, and Teresa got us into the the Celebration store because she... she oh, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Back up, back up. Are we... Back up. Am I... Yours... The Last Jedi posters. <laughs> what about The Last Jedi posters? All right. So we you, go to The Last over. Jedi panel. No, I'm just going to do this part. Mm-hmm. So we go to The Last Jedi panel, and of course, guess what? Now they're giving us new more posters, and these are really cool posters. And almost at the exact same time, Aaron and I turn to each other, and we go, do not lose these. <laughs> Yes. So yes. go ahead. Yes. So, but before that, even we, I think, right, or maybe it was after that. But we we go to the Star Wars Celebration store, and we. It was after that because we had the Last Jedi posters at this point. Okay, so we already had them, but at this point we had we had given up on the Leia posters. We lost them. We weren't going to get them back. You know, sad, but not not a huge deal. Um, I felt really bad about losing them, and then we go to the Celebration store. We go to check out with a few items that we had purchased. And the guy at the counter, you know, Teresa starts giving me a hard time again about losing these posters. Well, you put the Last Jedi posters face down on a white And you were like, don't lose them, haha. And so the guy, you know, he's, we basically tell him the story in a much faster than I'm telling it here. And the fact that we had lost our Leia posters. And so he just looks at us, puts his finger up, kind of like, hold on a sec. Turns around, walks to the back of the store and... He had a couple extra Leia posters that I don't know if they were like ones that he had gotten or somebody else had forgotten them, but he gave them to us. He just handed them to us for free so that our posters magically came back to us, even though they're different posters. Yep. So They were lower in number, too. They so were lower in number. Cool. So we, we got the posters back. We were happy. And then why don't you tell the, the other story to Dave? No, God, Dave. Okay, yeah. so... So all of that to say that on Saturday, which is the day of Rebels, so this takes place over Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which is crazy that this whole this thread weaves through three days. And Sarah and Richard Woloski got me the itty bitties from the Hallmark booth. And they were in their own little black bag. And I remember thinking I should take these out and put them in my backpack because I don't want to lose this bag. And I thought that way early on in the morning. And we go to the Rebels panel and then we go to the Rebels press conference. And I had set the bag with the itty bitties in front of my feet so that I could see it. And I kept remembering to tell myself, you know, make sure you grab that when you get up. Make sure you grab that when you get up. Well, the press conference ran long and we were trying to get over to Ahsoka Lives Day. So what did I do? 
I left my itty bitties in the press conference room, but I didn't realize it until after we had already been at Ahsoka Lives Day and taken the picture. It had to have been like, what, like 30 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. And I I turned to Aaron and I said, did I have my itty bitties back? And he's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh my God, where are my itty bitties? <laughs> So, so I'm not the only yeah, person go. that loses things. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> so, but I was you were you looked so devastated the fact that you thought you might have lost your itty bitties that I was not even going to attempt like making fun of you at this point. Even <laughs> though I had been putting up with it for the past couple of days and getting made fun of for losing something, I'm like I'm not going to even touch that right now. You know, until <laughs> we get these things back, you know, then I can give you a hard time. So we rush back to the back to the room that the uh, press conference was in as fast as we can hoping to find them. And we had kind of learned that when you um, when you want to get to another floor, sometimes the escalator is not the best way to go. So we had, you know, kind of learned the trick of using the elevators. And so we jump off to the side as opposed to running all the way across the whole uh, floor to get to the right escalator. We just jump into an elevator and we jump into it. And who happens to be in that elevator but Dave Filoni? <laughs> it was so people. crazy. It was so crazy because we get in the elevator. We're like, oh, hey, weird. Like, I just remember in my head going, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're like, we're so focused on recovering this item that you had lost. And then suddenly Dave Filoni's there. It's like, okay, like, I kind of want to fan out over Dave Filoni. But we also are focused on trying to recover your itty bitties, you know. Yeah. Priorities. It was was very, it was complicated emotions. Very He had his hat off. You know, he's trying to go all all incognito. We don't want to, you know, bother him, you know, so we don't want to, you know, be too crazy. But but we did, you know, politely say hello. We did take a quick picture with him, which you can see on Twitter. Um, And he actually recognized you from Fangirls Going Rogue because you Mm -hmm. had just interviewed him and kind of stopped you when we got off the elevator, you know, as we were like, Kind of in a hurry still to go get the itty bitties, but at this point we're just like, well, Dave Filoni wants to talk to us. We should probably stop and talk to him. Yeah. So you you and him had talked for a while, and he was telling you how much he enjoyed doing the interview and how much he enjoyed Fangirls Going Rogue, which I thought was really cool to, to hear him give you that compliment. Um, and then we're like, okay, bye, Dave. And then we went and got your itty bitties. And they were still there. Still and the there. people, the amazing people from the Orlando Convention Center, thank you so much for protecting my itty bitties. Because they were literally standing in there like waiting to see if somebody would come in there <laughs> and get them. And they were sitting there in the bag on a chair. And I was just like, oh my gosh, my itty bitties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we had, you know, pretty cool. You know, we we are apparently very irresponsible people that lose things, but, you know the fates had decided that we should have those things back. And then we met Dave Filoni too. So yeah, we got lucky. We it got super out. lucky. Yeah. And there's one other story I kind of wanted to talk about and we didn't really talk about it on here, but it came up on your other show, star scavengers. And you did like one of your first cosplays at a celebration, I think. Oh, we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron decided to dress up as Xander from Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures, um, Xander Freemaker, and it was a really good costume. My favorite part was the wrench that was like duct tape and foam. That <laughs> yeah. was my favorite part. I kept taking it away and trying to open doors and unscrew stuff, and 
It did become sort of a weapon, though, because I got hit in the head with it once, I think. I'm sure you deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it actually was the first time I had ever done cosplay at a Star Wars celebration. Maybe the last time. I'm not much of a cosplayer. I get real nervous about not only just being a spectacle or people, like, noticing the costume, but also just, like, how well you do the costume. You know, worried if I did it good enough. So... Yeah, this was something that kind of came out of nowhere, ended up doing it, but it ended up being really fun. I only did it the one day. The boots were, were ridiculously uncomfortable, so I was happy to get out of the boots, but overall it was it was fun to do. Probably not something I would do on a regular basis, but um, there I'm sure there's some pictures floating around out there if anybody is curious what it ended up looking like. Oh yeah, there are, and if there aren't, I will make sure to post them for you. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> So I mean, we had we had a lot of fun. Uh, we called Friday Magic Day because that was the day we got the Leia posters back, and it was just an overall really good day. We got into the reserve seating for the Last Jedi, and it was just really fun. But there's so many stories to tell, and there's just not enough time. But those are some of the highlights, some of the big stories. Yeah, definitely. It was a it was a great time, and uh, we. Kind of the way celebrations go is sometimes your schedule conflicts with things you really want to do. So we might want to go to a big panel, but then there's a smaller panel going on at the same time that we want to attend. Or we have interviews that we have to do that conflict with panels that we want to attend. So that actually happened to us a lot at this convention. And um, oddly enough, we missed some of the big books and comics panels. We because did because of it. So we, you know, we tried to gather as much of the information as we could from the panels since we weren't able to attend them, um, so we could share that news with you guys on the show on some of the big announcements, some of the book and comic announcements that um, that are coming up. Yeah, and so that's actually what the bulk of this episode is going to be. We're going to go through that, and then we do have our interviews that we did for you guys, and rest assured, well, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but we. Scheduling was a mess. It was just all crazy. And so all the interviews I had planned on doing with Del Rey just didn't really pan out. I mean, if this convention felt so rushed, there was just so much stuff happening all on top of each other. There was like no time to breathe. And it was just really exhausting, which is different from Anaheim. I didn't really feel that way. It was also very about crowded. Anaheim. Yes. So yeah. we were like, we ended up waiting in lines longer than we thought, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, going to the 40th anniversary panel, like, remember that line that we had to get into, it, was, it literally was not even, it was wrapped around outside of the convention center to the point where it was going onto the highway. Like they had yeah, to bring in like, crazy. you know, vehicles to block off to make sure people weren't getting hit by cars. That's how bad the lines were. So yeah, it was, it, it got a little bit stressful at, at moments. Yeah, so we are going to have interviews with some of the big authors and everything from Del Rey and from Disney books and stuff. And all of that's coming. That's why another reason we're saying like we're really ramping up. And that's a lot to you guys for voting us two years in a row, your favorite literature podcast. We're going to really try to get a lot of that out there for you. So we're going to talk about all the book news that came out of Celebration Orlando and some of them are going to be short and then some of them are going to be more lengthy as, you know, just kind of depends on what we're looking forward to. So you ready to dive into this? Sure. I think there might be items on this list that I'm not even aware of yet. So I'm happy to talk about them and also learn about them. So the first one, it was announced at the, a lot of these were actually announced at the publisher's panel, uh, which I believe happened on Friday. 
Friday evening. So the first one is Star Wars Phasma. It is written by Delilah Dawson. It's being published by Delray Books, and it's part of the journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi. So this is coming out on September 1st, and I am actually stupidly excited about this. And the solicitation copy for the book says part of the journey to the star wars last jedi program star wars phasma will reveal the origins of the mysterious chrome stormtrooper discover captain phasma's mysterious history in this journey to star wars the last jedi novel i'm i'm, I'm excited yeah and this is the delilah dawson book that we that i was kind of um predicting that was going to be announced because she was going to be an author that was coming to celebration um, and up to this point, she had only ever written short stories. So I thought maybe they're going to announce something for her and they did. And I'm happy, um, happy that they did. I think it'll be, this is an interesting one. When I first heard the announcement, I was not super excited about it. Cause this is a character that was a bit of a disappointment for me in the force awakens. Um, I was really excited about Phasma as a character and then how she turned out in the movie just didn't live up to the expectations. Uh, and I think a lot of people kind of had that reaction. Oh, but yeah. For I sure. think this is an opportunity for them to give us more of a backstory for this character. And hopefully it's leading up to, because it's part of the journey to The Last Jedi, um, hopefully it's an indication of her having a bigger role in The Last Jedi. Um, not that she would just kind of be that one off character that disappears um, after The Force Awakens. I, I hope this character gets another chance to be as cool as we all hope she could be. So, um, yeah, this is this is a book I am looking forward to. Yeah, I sure hope so. I agree with you. And there is going to be an audiobook as well for this one, so that's pretty cool. The next one on the list is part of the Journey to the Last Jedi as well, September 1st release date, Star Wars Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And this is a young adult novel, but as we all know, YA doesn't necessarily mean that it's all about sparkling vampires and stuff uh it all ya really means is that it's a story that will appeal to younger audiences but generally speaking has really deep themes and i actually asked this question i think we did ask this question of someone that we interviewed on our show but i actually got to interview claudia gray who is writing this book i interviewed her over for fangirls going rogue and i asked her the question about ya and she had a wonderful answer so if you want to hear about that check out the fangirls going rogue episode that has claudia gray as one of our interviews i think it's like episode something (laughs) <laughs> I don't know the number. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the number right now. It's escaping my my brain. I think it might be like 43 or something like that. But this one is coming from Disney Lucasfilm Press. It's written by Claudia Gray. And it says, a young adult novel written by New York Times bestselling author Claudia Gray about 16-year-old Princess Leia set before a new hope. So I think this might tie into kind of like Rogue One stuff, which is pretty exciting. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, Leia's definitely getting a lot of, of coverage in the in the expanded universe. That's not the right word anymore. <laughs> the, Wrong. <laughs> in the books and comics, she's had her own miniseries in Marvel. She's had, you know, we had the Bloodline novel. You know, we had the, there's been a couple other, you know, kind of junior level Leia novels, and now we're getting this. So, yeah, if you're a fan of Leia, this is, uh, they're definitely giving us plenty of material. All righty. Do you want to read this one or do you want me to? 
Um, so the next one on the list is, it looks like a miniseries from Marvel that's going to be uh, another Captain Phasma story. So Star Wars Captain Phasma um, miniseries that's also coming out on September 1st. So it looks like they're kind of doing the same thing as they did with Journey to the Force Awakens, where they're going to have this day, September 1st, where all this stuff's coming out at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. which can be a bit overwhelming, especially for people that are trying to keep up with everything like us. So um, I'm already starting to get intimidated just reading down this list. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it looks like this one's going to be written by Kelly Thompson and art by Marco Cicchetto. So um, yeah, so we're getting a Phasma novel and a Phasma Marvel miniseries. So yeah, this is definitely an indication that this might be a, a bigger role for her in The, in, uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, and you know what I think is cool is this next book on the list. I know it's probably not something that we'll review on the show, but it is a part of the journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi, and I don't really recall them doing this last time, but this is a level two world of reading reader book, and so it's for all of our young kids out there that are at that level of reading and they want to read about Star Wars, and it's called Star Wars A Leader Named Leia. It comes out September 1st, and it's actually written by Jennifer Huddle. And it's coming out on Disney Lucasfilm Press. So it's weird, but I might actually get this just because I want to support Jen Heddle and then also just to check it out and see what it's like that they're doing something in this journey to the new movie at this level. Not that we'll re- review it or anything, but like I just really like kind of I'm curious. Yeah. Curious. Kind of like those golden books that we never did that we said we might, we might yeah. do. Yeah, I still want to do those, though. I still <laughs> I really do. I really do. Uh, another one, Journey to the Star Wars The Last Jedi, that's coming out September 1st, is Star Wars The Power of the Force. Um, it looks like it's just a, a storybook. Um, I'll read the, the solicitation copy here. Learn about the light and dark sides of the Force and those who are sensitive to it. This storybook spans the entire Star Wars saga and introduces readers to heroes like Luke Skywalker, Yoda, and Rey, as well as villains like Darth Vader, Darth Maul, and Kylo Ren. Yeah, so, I think it's just going to be like a picture... Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be for younger readers, just kind of little short stories to introduce them to these major characters um, to get maybe the younger readers prepared for the larger world of Star Wars. Yeah, and this is from Disney Lucasfilm Press. So this next one that's coming out, I'm not sure if we'll see here in the United States. Uh, It's being published by Egmont UK, so I think this may be a, a UK thing, but it's Journey to the... Last Jedi, and it's the Star Wars Annual 2018, and the solicitation copy says, Explore a galaxy far, far away in the thrilling Star Wars Annual 2018. Visit strange worlds, discover alien creatures, and meet new heroes and villains along the way. Join Jen Erso and her Rogue One team on a quest to steal the Death Star planes and celebrate the 40th anniversary of A New Hope with a special section packed with an all-new activities, posters, and quizzes and trivia from the Star Wars universe this annual is a perfect gift for fans of all ages so it's a gift book uh well I guess we'll probably see it here but as of right now it's looking like UK and this just strap in this this list is much longer so (laughs) I just like scroll down I'm like how many more do we have oh my goodness okay yeah there's a bunch there's a bunch Um, and a lot of them are the journey to the last Jedi like this one that's coming up here so yeah, so another one uh, from that series, this is going to be a DK book that's coming out. This one says September 5th is the release date, which is a little bit later than the September 1st for the other ones, but um, it's called Star Wars Made Easy, and it seems like it's kind of a, a typical book, the type of book that they've been doing recently where it's almost like a be- this one specifically says a beginner's guide to the galaxy far, far away, giving people a jumping on point. 
um, to learn about the Star Wars galaxy. So um, this should be interesting. I don't think we have authors for this one yet. Mm-mm. But um, yeah, this one might be a good one for you and like Quinn, for example. You know. Right. Yeah. So. There's plenty of uh, opportunity for people that maybe aren't as familiar with the Star Wars universe to pick up a book like this and um, kind of learn the basics. Yeah, and again, some of these uh, might be stuff we'll review and some of them not, so we'll just kind of have to see, but they are all things that are coming out. So here's another one. It actually comes out on September 7th in the UK, so I'm not sure exactly when it's coming out here in the United States, but it's Star Wars Stealth Mission Book and Model, Make Your Own X-Wing, and the copy says, Join the Resistance, learn about the heroic struggle against the First Order, and build your very own version of Poe Dameron's X-Wing with this mini construction book. So the book will contain fun facts and stats about the characters, ships, and locations from the smash hit movie. Read the book and then press out the pieces to create your own mini X-Wing model. Perfect for recreating Poe's battle scenes. That's cute. It's not super expensive. It's $8 or $8.99 in pounds, which is probably about $12 or so here. So, yeah. Pretty cool, pretty cool. I don't know if if I'll get that. (laughs) This one, though. Star Wars Kirigami. Yes. I don't I'll think we'll be reviewing this one. <laughs> probably not, but I'm going to let you introduce. Actually, no, you introduce because I don't even know what Kirigami is. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So it, this comes out on September 15th, and the cover we're looking at is actually a French cover, but it's September 15th. It's Star Wars Kirigami, and it's 15 cut-and-fold ships from the across the galaxy. The publisher is Mark Hagen Geary. G-U-I-R-E-Y and it is um, from or is that who's doing it? I don't know. Maybe it's the author or the guy who put it together because it looks like the publisher's Chronicle Books. There we go. Celebrated paper artist and designer Mark Hagen Geary has applied his genius to the Star Wars galaxy in this book of 15 unique Kirigami which is cut and fold ships featured in the saga's films ranging in difficulty from beginner to expert each beautifully detailed model features step-by-step instructions and the template printed on cardstock all that's needed are a utility knife a cutting mat and a ruler clear tips and guidance through the tricky stages help readers craft their own x-wing imperial star destroyer millennium falcon and a dozen more ships i am very excited about this i had at one point in my life a day-by-day kirigami calendar so you would tear them off and you would cut and fold the kirigami for the day and it was like this relaxation like i did it midway through the day so that i could just like sit and like cut and fold paper for like 15 minutes <laughs> that just sounds like it would be stressful it's it's <laughs> different it than origami right? I... because origami is only folding and kirigami is cutting and folding so i really enjoy this so i'm going to be getting this and folding and making some really cool ships and then I'm just going to take pictures of them and show them to you. And you're going to be like, I wish I had the Kirigami book. <laughs> Maybe you could send me a couple. <laughs> Happy birthday. Here's your Kirigami. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, not, not, I don't think I'm getting that one. But I'm glad that you're excited about it. <laughs> um, all right. So next one, absolutely everything you need to know about Star Wars. Um, so this is a book that previously has come out. And they are updating and expanding it. So um, this one's coming out October 3rd from DK. And it's going to be written by Adam Bray and Cole Horton, who I believe are the ones that wrote the, the initial did, yeah. uh, version of this. 
So it makes sense that they would be the ones that are updating and expanding it. Um, so yeah, that's cool. They're they're coming out with a new version. I'm sure it'll include things from the Last Jedi. So it might be a good book to pick up to pick to kind of find maybe some little hints or Easter eggs about the type of things we might see in the movie. Um, and then Adam and Cole are both uh, two of the authors that we interview in this episode as well. So. Yeah. And the next thing that's coming up I find very, very interesting. This is Star Wars Adventures Volume 1. And the cover is pretty cool because it has characters from all across the 40 years of Star Wars. But this is a comic-type story that is not coming from Marvel, but the publisher that produces My Little Pony and Transformers. So that's IDW. And I am actually really excited. I love IDW Comics. They're actually, if I had to pick my favorite comic publisher, it would actually be IDW. So I'm really excited. I don't really understand why they're doing Star Wars, but, you know, whatever. I'm not going to question it. It's written by Landry Quinn Walker, and the art is by Derek Charm. And I'm really pumped about it. And the copy says, brand new Star Wars comic book stories for readers of all ages. These new adventures make the sprawling universe more accessible than ever. Travel to a galaxy far, far away. And the first volume of an all new series is a rotating cast of characters and creators journey through Star Wars history. Stories range from before the events of episode one, the Phantom Menace all the way up to episode eight, the last Jedi in theaters, December, 2017. Characters major and minor, classic and new, expand the world of Star Wars into new territory, telling larger-than-life stories that encapsulate the breadth of the galactic struggle between good and evil for a new generation of fans. I'm so curious what this is. Yeah. This seems like it could be similar to what they tried to do uh, with Dark Horse Comics where they had the Tales series. Where they just told these kind of short stories. Some of them were about main characters. Some were like really random background characters. Um, so I think that's hopefully what where they're going with this. I actually really enjoyed the Tales stories, so that would be cool. Because Marvel right now is are really focusing on you know you know ongoing stories with certain characters, but to have the ability to just do these really short stories that don't necessarily have to tie into everything uh, could give IDW a little bit more freedom in the storytelling. So I think that would be cool. Um, I think the story is as far as why IDW is doing this and not Marvel is that uh, Marvel owns a license for Star Wars adult comics, mm. but the 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 specific license for like youth comics was not given to Marvel, so that's why it was able to be picked up by IDW. So that's very cool. Yeah, and this actually starts October seventeenth, and it's going to be monthly. So if you know you want it, head on over to your comic store and go ahead and get subscribed um for a sub for this uh i know i'm gonna go and do that so i have some comics i need to go pick up i'm be like i need a sub for this for this <laughs> with all the covers please whatever those are uh i'm really excited about it yeah that's cool i it's, think this is like the first comic i'm like super pumped about yeah i mean it's <laughs> and it might be more up your alley you know you you kind of like the the more fun light stories I and i know. think i think that might be this might you might be the right audience for this so yeah, the child. <laughs> we'll definitely have to review them on the show. Yeah, this one for sure, for sure. Another book that's coming out is called Star Wars Stormtroopers Beyond the Armor. And, I'm actually uh, excited for this. This looks like a, kind of a, um essential guide, I guess you could say, for Stormtroopers. And, this is definitely a reference book of sorts. Right. 
and uh, it's going to be written by writer Wyndham and Adam Bray. So Adam Bray, man, he's he's staying he's busy, busy with man. these reference guys, isn't he? Um, but writer Wyndham, you know, has written this a lot was... of stuff previously. So this yeah, one... it's kind of the return of writer. Yeah, we haven't seen something from him in a, him in a while. Um, so yeah, this one looks like it could be pretty cool. Uh, and it actually has a forward written by John Boyega. Mm-hmm. So uh, should I read this solicitation copy? It's kind of long. It's kind of long. Uh, I think. Well, let's see. So it comes out October twenty fourth. Uh. I mean, I think people get the general idea of what it's going to be, but um, I think. Well, this bottom part, maybe like the last paragraph or something. Star Wars Stormtroopers explores these striking warriors and their evolution in depth for the first time. Ryder Wyndham and Adam Bray trace the roots of their creation and design and explore how these elite troops from a galaxy far, far away have been depicted in movies, cartoons, comics, novels, and merchandising. Okay, so it's going to be kind of an out-of-universe look at, yep. at Stormtroopers. That's interesting. Um, filled with photograph, illustrations, storyboards, and other artwork, this lavish official licensed uh, book comes complete with removable features, including posters, stickers, replica memorabilia, and more, making it essential keepsake for every Star Wars fan, as well as military design and film aficionados. So this actually reminds me of that essential Darth Vader book they did. Mm. Where it's kind of the same idea. It was it was written from an from an out of universe perspective, kind of looking at the history of the character of Darth Vader, and um, and they actually had kind of these pull out type things. So yeah, this is uh, this one looks like it's gonna be pretty cool. Well, you know, it, it and it does remind me of that. It also reminds me of something that's coming up later. But I think it's because of the publisher Becker and Mayer and Harper Collins. They've been doing these books that have sort of all these really cool little inserts and stuff in them. And this is sort of like a baby version of that. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming up. So I'm, I'm. It's like two away. I'm so excited. Two away. <laughs> yeah. So you can do this one. This next one, because I want to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so another um, – I'm not seeing too much info about this other than the title. I'm assuming this is yeah. like another Young Readers – or not Young Readers, but like a junior novel. Yes, I think so. Uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker written by Ken Liu. Uh, this is going to be a Disney Lucasfilm Press book as well um, as part of the journey to the Star to Star Wars The Last Jedi. So cover looks cool. There's not a lot of info here about it, but it looks like another uh, junior novel. And then we have Star Wars The Rebel Files. And when this broke on Twitter, I flipped out. And if you guys remember in Anaheim, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, we had the author of this, Dan Wallace, on our on our stage, actually. And, he, you know, he had done, what, The Jedi Path, The Book of Sith, Bounty Hunter's Code. Uh, he's done all kinds of reference books. He worked on the original... Um, Star Wars Atlas like if you can't tell like I'm a huge fangirl for for Dan Wallace and the kind of stuff that he does but the Rebel Files comes out on November 1st and it's coming from Becker and Mayer and it's a collection of in-universe documents news stories top secret communiques excerpts from Mon Mothma's journal that the Rebel Alliance assembled in one place due to their sensitivity or their historical significance the info is presented chronologically and tells the story of the Alliance's origins and struggles and offers new insights into characters like Mon, Moth- Mon Mothma and Leia Organa. And we have a price point for this. It's like right around $100, but this is being done in the same 
vein of like the Jedi path where it opens and like all the stuff comes out and it like glows and breathes fire. I'm just being dramatic, but, but it's the, the Jedi path version of that. The vault edition is one of my prized pieces that I have. And I still need to get the Sith version. I have the books for the bounty hunter and the Sith, the book of Sith, but I don't have the like vault editions. And those are things like I have to have. And they're like really high up on my must get list. But even more than this, we are going to be having one of the very first interviews that Dan Wallace will be allowed to do when it's time. So be looking for that. Cause I already scooped that up. Oh, really? Like, I was like us first, us first, us first. And he said, absolutely. So, um, I'm, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> I actually bumped into him at New York Comic Con. Um, he was, I forget even what book he was, he was, oh, I think he did like a Ghostbusters book that he was um, trying to promote there. But I bumped into him at New York Comic Con and was talking to him about, you know, coming on bookworms and stuff. So, and I know he, he did our live show, but we haven't actually had like a, an interview with him on the show. So I'm happy that you were able to possibly work that out i guess yeah well That's you know coming. the thing with dan wallace and i'm, I'm gonna keep going here for a second so pardon me like he's one of the very first people involved with star wars that i ever actually interacted with and it was totally random do you know this story of course okay are you sure you know this story? i know all your stories Okay. So I don't think our listeners know this story, though. So I started doing reviews of books in my collection just on YouTube. I recorded them on my phone and then I put pictures with them and made like little YouTube videos. And I did one for the Jedi Path. And he found it. I didn't know how to contact these people at the time. I was, you know, not really involved in the social media world of Star Wars yet. And he found it and he directly emailed me and I just about lost it. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And so that was my first communication with him. So I sort of have like this very special place for him because he's the first one from the Star Wars world that really reached out to me and it was very cool. That is cool. So, so yeah, and he's a super nice guy. Um, so yeah, that's I'm happy to see him back because he, he has written some of my favorite things in Star Wars. Um, in the past and so and it, it had been a while since he'd done something so I'm happy to see that he's he's going to be writing something um, that's coming up soon yeah so these following things I'm going to lump them together they're doing I know they did a few of these this last time around for the Force Awakens but they're the model books that basically have like wood models in the books so we're going to get an A-Wing one we're going to get they all come out November 14th um, an A-Wing uh, BB-8, yeah, I guess it's just those two. So A-Wing and BB-8, and they're published by Insight Editions, and they're called Incredibuilds. And I think Michael Kogi is doing both of them. Yeah, Michael Kogi is doing both of them. So basically, you get this book, and it walks you through actually putting together a wood model of an A-Wing and BB-8. I might get the BB-8 one. Maybe. Yeah. I actually think the A-Wing looks pretty cool. The BB-8 looks weird because it's got all the little connectors. The notches and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So these are kind of cool. Um, not something we'll probably review, but just so you know, they're out there. Yes. Um, yeah, and then the let's see. What's next? Movie Making Magic of Star Wars, Creatures and Aliens by Abrams yeah. Books. 
Not a lot yeah. of info on that. I don't think we even have nope. a release date. Nope, but it just looks like a Creatures and Aliens book. And then the last thing is an Art of Coloring book, so a keepsake coloring book, which we all know I like those, the Art of Colorings. And it looks like it's going to be Last Jedi characters, cutesy characters too, not necessarily super ornate, but like here's a cutesy Ray on the front, cutesy BB-8. Poe, Finn, and R2. So I'm excited for that. Uh, we don't really know anything about that yet. So it's coming, but I don't know. really know what it is. <laughs> so out of that entire list, um, what is the thing that you're looking forward to the most? Rebel Files. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> okay, Rebel Files, and then... All right, I'll do, I'll do my top three. So Rebel Files... And then probably the Phasma book and the Star Wars Adventures comics. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I would say the Phasma, Phasma book's probably the most interesting to me. And then the, the Adventure comics as well. I think I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with those. So. Oh, you forgot to put Kirigami on your list. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, not a lot of, um, you know, just the one Del Rey uh, book and then the, the the Leia book, Princess of Alderaan, that's another one that... Oh, yeah, that one too. Depending on, you know, too. because it's Claudia Gray and I really liked Lost Stars. Um, you know. I love Lost Stars and I loved Bloodline, so she's like my favorite author right now. You know what? There's something that's not on this list that got announced. What's that? The oh, what is it? The 40, 40, st- oh, 40 yeah. years, forty stories. What, what is that one called? <laughs> I can't believe it just completely slipped my mind that it wasn't. That was the big. So they had this thing that before celebration even started, they started Operation Blue Milk. Yeah, they started this tease on Twitter and stuff, um, trying to get people to guess what this was, and then they did announce it. I think like a couple days before celebration, April seventh. Yeah. Um. Which was, yeah, it's like the 40, they're basically getting 40 dif- different authors that are going to write 40 short stories mm-hmm. um, set in the same time frame as, uh, is it the entire original trilogy or just A New Hope? Okay, I have it right here. Okay. So it's 40 <laughs> stories celebrating 40 years of Star Wars. From, it's called From a Certain Point of View. And it's in celebration of Star Wars' 40th anniversary. Del Rey is going to shine the spotlight on those unsung weirdos, heroes, and villains with a unique new anthology, Star Wars from a Certain Point of View. Coming on in October, it will bring together more than 40 authors for 40 stories. Each will be told from the perspective of background characters of A New Hope, from X-Wing pilots who helped Luke destroy the Death Star, to the stormtroopers who never quite could find the droids they were looking for. There's never been a Star Wars book like it. And there's a list of authors here. There's a, a bunch more, but I'm going to run through these. So, you know, listen very closely. <laughs> ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Renee... Ade, Tom Engelberger, Meg Cabot, Ray Carson, Adam Christopher, Zorda, so I don't know how you say that, Zorda, Zorda, Zorida, Cordova. I follow her on Twitter. I feel really bad. I just totally butchered that. Delilah Dawson, Paul Dini, Alexander Freed, Jason Fry, Christy Golden, E.K. Johnston, and Ashley Eckstein. Paul Kemp, Mer Lafferty, Ken Liu, Griffin McElroy, John Jackson Miller, Needy Okorafor. Daniel Jose Older, Mallory Ortberg, Madeline Rue, Gary Schmidt, Kevin Scott, 
Sabah Tahir, Glenn Weldon, Chuck Wendig, Gary Witta, and more. And here's something interesting to celebrate the launch of this book and both because um, they're doing this in conjunction with an organization called First Book. So all their proceeds will be donated to First First Book, a leading nonprofit that provides new books, learning materials, and other essentials to educators and organizations serving children in need. So to further celebrate the launch um, of the book, both companies' longstanding relationships with First Book, Penguin Random House has donated $100,000 to First Book, and Disney Lucasfilm has donated 100,000 children's books valued at $1 million to support First Book and their mission of providing educational resources to children in need. All of this is coming off of StarWars.com, by the way. Over the past 16 years, Disney has donated more than 57 million books to First Book. So this is, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a cool idea, and we're getting a number of authors that we're familiar with. A lot of the mm-hmm. names that you listed off are people that we've read, you know, uh, plenty, but some of those names are brand new to Star Wars, so it'll be, it'll be really cool to see uh, some fresh takes on, on the Star Wars universe, especially that they're keeping it all right in that really tight time frame of A New Hope. Um, we're probably going to get some pretty bizarre off the wall, you know, kind of stories that are told from perspectives that we never even thought about. I'm super excited about that though. Like, I think that that's really cool. And like the other thing about that for me is that it's going to give a lot of people a chance to play in Star Wars that have never gotten a chance to do that. And maybe it'll open the door for some of them to be able to write bigger stories. Did I say Claudia Gray? Because she's doing one too. (laughs) I think you did. Okay. But um, yeah. I found the picture that I took of the book cover, so that's why I was asking. Yeah, uh, there's a couple names on there. I really, you know, like John Jackson Miller, it's always good to see him writing Star Wars. Um, and Paul Kemp's another one that he hasn't written anything since Lords of the Sith. And that he was he was always one of my favorites in the, the old legend stuff, so I'm happy to see his name on that list as well. Yeah, there's a lot of women too, so that's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, I can't, I can't believe, believe we almost forgot, forgot to talk about that. That was like the big announcement. Um, okay. Yeah, we're still reeling from from celebration, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I guess, should we give our listeners some insight into some of the things that we did at Celebration or people we talked to? Yeah. So we spent our first day doing some interviews. This was on Thursday, and we focused first on Adam Bray, Cole Horton, and Trisha Barr from DK. They just finished and released uh, Star Wars, the visual encyclopedia, and it's a really cool book. Like I, I'm excited about it and I'm, I'm really proud of them because these guys are more than just authors to us. They're also our friends. And we, you know, talk to them a lot, spend time with them outside of obviously the Star Wars world, just talking about other things and hanging out at conventions and everything. So uh, the first three interviews that you're going to hear, they're going back to back. It's Trisha Barr, Adam Bray and Cole Horton. Yeah. And they were, we we did pretty short interviews with these. So they're only about five, six minutes each. And we will play them for you now. So we're at Star Wars Celebration Orlando um, with Adam Bray, who wrote part of the Star Wars Visual Encyclopedia. Thank you for being with us, Adam. Oh, thank you for having me on. This is your, what, third time on Bookworms? You did our... Uh, yeah, I think so. You did uh, the Force Awakens review with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And we did something else with you, I think. The, car- the, the, 
the monster book. Or we the, reviewed his monster book. We did that. Yeah. And we talked to him about it. So okay. we don't know what we've done basically. So speaking of the monster book, I was wondering this as I was flipping through the visual encyclopedia. Did you find any instances where you could kind of infuse some of the information that you put into the monster book into the visual encyclopedia, or did that not cross over? That's a good question. Um, you know, there was something recently where I remember I was flipping through the monster book to look at the stats in the back to reuse them because I figure as long as I reuse these things every once in a while I can kind of keep them alive in canon and <laughs> ensure the longevity of my legacy yeah <laughs> um, but I, I don't remember if it was this book or one of the next books I'm doing okay so have you been uh, have you seen anything cool at the con so far or are they keeping you pretty busy at the table um, today today's the busy day but I did I did get to see the 40th anniversary oh. at the Star Wars stage um, so that was good. I don't know if I'm gonna actually make it to any of the panels like at the at the main stages because I don't have the energy to wait overnight. So yeah. as long as I can like be in the same building and watch it on the stage, the StarWars.com stage, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So we wanted to ask you, what was your favorite part of the visual encyclopedia that you did? Um. I loved all the stuff with uh, monsters, aliens, um, and plants, uh, and uh, landscapes. The plants particularly, because I actually took botany classes in college um, and did a lot of environmental stuff. So it's nice to be able to go back and use those things from my own experience. And um, also because I got, got to name a lot of things for the first time. So. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was actually one of the things we were going to ask. Did you get to put anything into canon, if you will, by yeah, doing this? Yeah, I did, yeah. I don't remember everything I did, and I, <laughs> I don't know if it all made it into the final book or not, because I, I haven't checked some of it. Um, but the, all the plant names um, I came up with. Uh, so there's some cool things in there. Cool. Any uh, Easter eggs? Yeah, there's... Um, I'd name, name stuff... Uh, when I could after other things like in the EU um, so like uh, the, there's some bonsai plants at the Mandalorian Academy that are named from some stuff from the Old Republic so oh, wow. yeah nice. Mandoa specialists will get a kick out of that I think that's cool yeah so how much work do you guys actually get to do together when you're doing this or is it just sort of like you do pieces and then they just throw them yeah, it's uh, not much together usually. They just kind of divide it up and um, then give us our part and we do it on our own. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes uh, at DK after we've done them, then they'll kind of mix them up. So some of my stuff might appear on somebody else's page. But for the most part, we kind of work alone on it. What's the timeline like? How, like when did this book that just came out, when did it start? Yeah, I think uh, we, we started like last spring or summer, um, and so we did it, I think we did it over the summer. Some of us, I think, took longer than others. Um, I had several other big books to do this past year, so I had to get it done and move on to something else. So I got mine done as fast as I could, but I, it was a few months that I spent on it. What kind of research process do you go through with some of this stuff? Is it super extensive or? 
this um, this book was lighter than uh, some of the other books I've done, um, just because of the way it works. Because you've got um, all these individual things in a group, and then you most of it were writing summaries for a whole group, and so I. I could kind of pick out things that were more interesting or that I knew about and focus more on those. Um, so I didn't necessarily have to get in real, you know, fine detail. So that made it easier. But uh, finding the names uh, for everything, like all the machine parts and ship parts and stuff, that was really difficult. Making sure the names were correct on some of the obscure background characters. Um, that was hard because sometimes things haven't been named consistently, you know, as one character may have more than one name attributed to them. Um, so that took a lot of uh, flipping through, you know, old books that are out of print to see, you know, what, what people had done before. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We are at Star Wars Celebration 2017 in Orlando, Florida. We are here with Trisha Barr, one of the one of the writers of the Star Wars The Visual Encyclopedia. How are you doing, Trisha? I am having an amazing time. This is an awesome con. So I was thinking about it. The last time that we talked to you on Bookworms, you came on to help us review a book. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you came on. <laughs> now you book was then? <laughs> now you're writing stuff for Star Wars, so you have... You have risen to the next level, so we're having you on as an actual writer, author, so it's pretty awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so we know for that you've gotten to write about Ewoks. What was the coolest thing that they gave you for the visual encyclopedia? Um, Padme's outfits, the royal outfits, was the, the main favorite thing that I got to do on that one. Uh, so... You know, they they kind of, you know, parsed it out to people's preferences, and then sometimes you just write on something that you're learning on. But that was my favorite. I mean, I went into Dressing the Galaxy, Trisha Bigger's book, and really pulled some detail, and I worked... We did a lot of back and forth on that spread to get the, you know, certain pieces of, like, the ornamental uh, material on her, you know, amazing gowns. I mean, the Phantom Menace. Woo, it's good stuff, so... Haven't you been to the costume exhibit? Did you use some of that yes. stuff? I had. I was pulling up my reference pictures that I took of the material and the gowns and what they were made of, and actually using those. So, I mean, I went to two. I went to two times. I went to Seattle and New York City. So, I had pictures from both of those. Did you get to name anything or come up with like <laughs> new names? Kind of add to the the canon. And the musical instruments, I named some of the pieces of the instrument because they're not, you know, you have to, it has an annotation where it points to something, and you're like, well, I gotta give, I gotta give it a name. So, you know, sometimes you're just like, all right, what am I gonna name it? Pieces of ships? Yeah. There's a lot of times where you're like, I don't know, that's a who's a majiggy? What should we call it? But I gotta make it sound Star Warsy. Well, we're asking the other writers the same question. Did you slip any Easter eggs into some of the naming, or was it just kind of off the top of your head? Yeah, if you do get to name something, usually you do pull something like a friend's name or right. something like that. Um, I I think I use my cat's name and move the letters around to make it more Star Warsy. So yeah, cats make it into everything. Yes, they, do. they make it into everything. Well, they were the only people up people up uh, when I was writing at two in the morning. So you know, it'd be the cats and me. So I'm like, hey, you want to get in the book? Okay. <laughs> 
So what have you gotten to do at the convention so far that has been fun for you? I know it's only been part of a day, but... Well, obviously the 40th panel. I get, I missed the end because I had to go to the STEM panel and then go to the Star Wars Visual Encyclopedia panel. But just everything in general. I mean, it's been a really great convention. So already. It's only day one. And yeah. It feels you- like it's not just day one, right? Like, it's... I'm already exhausted. Oh, shoot. Sandra... From Fangirls Going Rogue, she's met like every star already on day zero. I mean, I was like, you Con can't get any better than this. I know. So, yeah. have you heard from any of your fans that have come by and had you sign the book that has been like giving you any stories or anything that has been inspirational I think for you? Just happy today, and I think they they wanted to hit that note. And they did. It's a different energy than Anaheim. You know, Anaheim, we just didn't know anything we were just having expectations and to this time it's more like you know now we want to get on with the adventure we want to have more of the adventure with the characters that we know so that's I'm looking forward to tomorrow I think tomorrow is going to be fun that's, I mean the four, today was nostalgia tomorrow is about moving forward well tomorrow we have the fangirls going rogue podcast stage panel what are you most excited about for that I think just having fun with our friends because you know when we record we have fun yeah and you guys have fun on you know when you do it but you don't always get to share the goofiness with people so and get the energy so I thought that was like that was fun just getting to have the energy back from people yeah the love thank you all the people who listen thank you because we feel it (laughs) so since you did talk about the stem panel how did that panel go was it I missed the end of it but it started everybody was into it and the people in the audience were talking and giving their own vibe in and talking about people who were like parents who were buying 3d printers to print uh, uh, fake limbs for their kids and, and stuff like that just you know and then just talking about different Star Wars characters. Hannah from ILMX Lab thinks that uh, Ewoks are a STEM character. Uh, so, um, hmm. I need I, to hear her theory on that one. Hive mind. Okay. Yeah. 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 Are Ewoks hive mind? In a way, yeah. Okay. They, yeah they, they work together and they build things. So, I can... Get on board with that. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes Do you sense. have any other projects you're working on that you want to let people know about? Uh, not for Star Wars right now. Not yet. But how's, in general? how's your novel series coming? There's a third one, right? That's uh, going to come? Yeah. Well, we have Zanita out. That's a prequel to my novel that was written by my editor, B.J. Priester. So that's out now. And then Wind, if people ever want to look at that, it's still out there. And it's W-Y-N-D-E. Uh, so it's a space opera about pilots. Very uh, Star Wars-influenced story. So people want to check it out. All right, well, um, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Fangirl Cantina pretty much anywhere. All right, thank you for talking to us. Thank you. See ya. We are at Star Wars Celebration Orlando 2017, and we are here with Cole Horton, one of the authors of Star Wars The Visual Encyclopedia. What's up, Cole? How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good. How's your con going so far? It's great. Day one. Uh, we got a panel. Went really well. Been doing some signings. Been uh, talking to you. So it's yeah. going great. <laughs> Exhausted yet? No, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Uh, but check with me tomorrow morning. <laughs> nights at Celebration are infamous. You know, the days are the easy part. The days are the easy part. The nights that you have to watch out for. They sneak right up on you. So the Star Wars Visual Encyclopedia, this... Um, did I get that right? Okay. You looked at the title like I was like, oh, did I get? I have to remind myself. <laughs> so it's we've had a lot of reference books in Star Wars, 
What's the what kind of makes this one stand out? That's not uh, kind of because we just had a, a book recently, like everything you need to know about Star Wars. Yeah, is this what what's different about this one? You know, that book absolutely everything was really meant to get people caught up. You know, if they were new to Star Wars or hadn't been a you know, part of Star Wars for a while, they could dive in and, and feel like they knew enough to go, you know, watch The Force Awakens and, and really enjoy it. Uh, this book is is written to give you depth on topics you didn't even know about. So furniture and, and art and fashion and food and, and all those little corners of the universe that usually, you know, just get saved or pushed to the side. Uh, it really brings it to the front, and, and you go into a lot of depth on those sorts of topics. So we know that it gets split up between y'all. You just kind of get pick some of your favorite things. But what was the one thing out of this one that you got to dive into that was super cool for you? Um, I, blasters was certainly one of my favorites. There are so many blasters in Star Wars, and you really have to know your stuff. And, and I think that one I spent the most time on. You know, this Overall, this book took something like four months to write. Uh, and and that for me was certainly the hardest one. Uh, there's a lot of details. Blasters are asymmetrical, so you have to be very careful with how you present the images. And you can't flip them and that sort of stuff. And so, uh, working a lot with the designers and the editors to make sure we got them right. Because the the other thing I was very aware of the whole time was that the 501st and the Rebel Legion will keep me very honest if any of those blasters aren't right. Uh, they know their stuff, and so I wanted to make sure I got it right. When we talked to Pablo Hidalgo about uh, when he did the one for The Force Awakens, um, he had talked about where he would get, he would see the, the pictures that they chose and then he'd have to kind of write around it. Like they'd point to something and he'd have to explain it. Is that yeah. kind of the same as it was for you guys? Yeah, this book was very much that style. Uh, the spreads come in and they actually look very similar to how they look in the final book. Uh, all the text though is all placeholder, just lorem ipsum kind of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, all the annotations just say annotation. And you have to fill it out from there. And they, they give us the guidelines beforehand. But you never know what they're going to point to. Uh, I think at one point in this book, I had an annotation pointing to a, a cod piece. And I wasn't really sure what I'm supposed to write about you know, someone's crotch. But uh, <laughs> we might have moved that annotation in the end. But just move it down a little bit. Yeah, you just yeah. never know. Uh, but other times, you know, like in one of the food spreads, it, it pointed to a berry. And so now I'm, I'm chasing... A, a berry. You know, where has a berry been mentioned in Star Wars in a meaningful way? And I found one, uh, but but that's the sort of stuff that it should be easy. It's a two-word annotation, but you can spend hours on a two-word annotation. So we kind of asked everybody else, but did you get to add anything to the Star Wars canon, like naming stuff and things like that? Uh, I actually try not to. My goal is to bring in other stories and make connections between them. So uh, where possible, I'm looking for connections to the comics or the novels, and I try to make sure that I have something from all of those things because it is one connected universe. So uh, usually if I'm doing my job well, I, I don't have to make anything up, and certainly on the, the spreads I wrote. Um, although I do like to drop some hints in there about you know maybe some content that may be coming down the road um, or... Or just uh, you know taking something we've seen before but didn't have a name, but except taking something that had been named before and putting those two things together. And uh, that, that's kind of the challenge I set for myself. Now that you just dropped that hint that there might be like little little hints at content yet to come, now everyone's going to be scouring through it. it. Like scouring. The name of this berry has something to do with the, the Last Jedi. I know it. <laughs> no, keep scouring, and it, it's it's tiny, tiny stuff that you'll only know after you see it. Right. So, no, that's that's the the fun of uh, working on this sort of connected 
know, galaxy is, is it, it is all connected and you can, you can do those things. So what do you enjoy the most about coming to Celebration? Certainly the people. You know, when you first start going to Celebration, it's about, you know, seeing the floor or buying merchandise and all that. And some people are still into that. They're, you know, maybe, maybe it's about going to panels and stuff. And I enjoy that too. But yeah, by the time you've done enough of these, and I think this is my eighth, it stops being about uh, those things. And instead it's about those things and more. And, and it is about people. Uh, and, and it feels like you're catching up with family every time you do this. Yeah, like these are people who I see, what, once a year? Once every couple of years? Um, but when you're here, it's, it's like like you never missed a beat. It's, it's very special. And really no other convention's like that. You know, I, I do other shows, and I see people there. I'll go to my, my local conventions, but they don't have that same feeling. Uh, everyone makes it a point to come to Celebration. And people always ask me, hey, if I want your job, what do I have to do? Well, you have to come to Celebration. That was my path. Really? Um, it, it was hugely influential because this is where everyone is. Uh, all the people who make decisions and all the people who, who write today or are the artists that work today, they're usually here. And so you, you need to be here. That's what I always tell everybody. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us. Thanks for having me. All right, so that was really fun to do. And the next interview we got, this is a big step for us, Aaron. It's a big step. At least I think it is. Big step? It's a big step. Because we really, we are behind on the comics with Marvel. And we haven't really done a whole lot in talking with people from the Marvel comics that are working on the Star Wars books. And that's something you and I have talked about that we want to change. And so this was our first step into that. So if we're going to take the first step, why not talk to the guy who's in charge of all of it? Jordan White from Marvel. So we got some good time with him. And I, I apologize to you at the show. I will apologize now to all of our listeners. I don't know what came over me, but I suddenly like had this moment of where I have a bajillion questions to ask. Yeah, and so you won't hear Aaron much. No, I'm not uh, even in this interview. I sort of, I sort of took it over. Think, so my bad. <laughs> yeah, you completely took it over. Um, I had like all these questions queued up in my brain. I'm like, okay, wait, I'll let her ask one because usually we have this. You know, we're pretty good. We've we podcast enough together to kind of know. Okay, we're gonna alternate. You ask your question, I'll ask my question. Sometimes a question leads into a second question, but we're good at reading each other. We know when that's gonna happen. Yeah, but this time you, yeah, you threw me for a loop. You were you were on a roll. You just started asking question after question after question. And I'm like, I don't think I'm getting a question in on this one. And sorry, I think you, it's okay. It was you had such good questions, it didn't matter. But um, yeah, I think we we actually interviewed him a little bit longer. I think it was closer to ten to fifteen minutes, if I remember correctly. Um, so I do apologize though for the audio on this one. We were we were recording this right on the convention floor. And there happened to be a game going on right as we were trying to record it where they were spinning this wheel that was making all this clicking noise. So that's kind of in the background. Um, I tried to clean it up as much as I could, but apologize for that. But overall, it's uh, still a really fun interview with Jordan. And uh, we will play that one for you now. All right, we are here at Star Wars Celebration Orlando with Jordan White from Marvel Comics. Jordan, welcome to the show. Hello, it's good to be here. So we haven't actually had you on the show before, so this is a first for us, which is pretty exciting. So we just kind of wanted to ask you about your role with Marvel and how it's going with your Star Wars relationship. Um, so far, so good. Uh, I've been uh, working at Marvel for almost 10 years now. I uh, started out there as an assistant editor and worked my way up to being an editor, which I am today. 
um, since they had the uh, the Star Wars uh, license, for lack of a better word, back uh, at Marvel, doing Marvel Comics versions of Star Wars, I've been editing though all of those. Um, so, so I've been working very closely with Lucasfilm for a couple of years now, which has been terrific. Uh, I've got to meet all the story group folks and uh, work closely with uh, Frank Parisi. I used to work with uh, Jen Heddle in publishing, now I work with Frank Parisi and of course Mike Seglane. Uh, it's been terrific. Uh, one time they, they, they took, uh, before the first book came out, they took me, uh, C.B. Cebulski, uh, Axel Alonso, our editor-in-chief, Jason Aaron, uh, who else was there? Was Kieran there? I'm trying to remember if Kieran Gillen was there. I think he was. And John uh, Cassidy, all out to the Lucasfilm archives, oh, wow. which was pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know not a lot of people always get to go to that, and we were very fortunate. It was so cool <laughs> seeing all the actual props. Um, and since then, like I said, since then, it's been terrific. We've been working with them uh, on a ton of books every month. And, yeah, I'm very happy with it. So, were you a big Star Wars fan of, like, the Dark Horse comics and all the stuff that was going on then, or is it sort of new to you, or maybe, like, the older yeah, Star I mean, not, Wars not, stuff? Not really the Dark Horse stuff. I mean, once in a while I would pop in and read stuff, so I read Star Wars Tales. I read the, um, the, the very recent Star Wars run that um, Brian Wood was writing that, that went back to the core characters. But uh, a lot of the, the, the larger amount of, of uh, EU stuff that they were doing, I didn't really read at the time. Um, and I had been a huge Star Wars fan as a kid, and when the, re, uh, when the reissues came out in the 90s, I was a huge fan of those as well. And then I saw all the prequels, but right around there is when my, my, my like, devotion to Star Wars was wavered a little bit. And so I didn't pay as much attention to it for a while there. And I've always been also a big Marvel fan, so I focused more on the Marvel sides of my geekdom, which is why I ended up working at Marvel. Um, but as soon as they told me that I was going to be doing the Star Wars books, which was, which was over a year before the first issue came out, uh, I dove back into Star Wars fandom in a big way. And uh, like you know, obviously I rewatched all the movies, but that's that's the easy part. Like I've seen them so many times to begin with. I but I also jumped into things like the uh, Star Wars Minute podcast, which by that point had already gone through every minute of A New Hope and was like halfway through. Uh, Empire, and I listened to every single one of those to get back into it. I, I got it. That's what's so cool about Star Wars is there's so much really fun fandom stuff. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I got really into when I found out was um, the fan comic uh, Darths and Droids. Do you know that one? No. It, it, it's really fun. It does the entire saga. Although I think I'm trying to think where they are. I, I don't. I think they're only. I don't. I don't think they're done with the whole saga yet. But. Um, it does the entire saga through uh, like uh, picture comics, like pictures from the movies with new dialogue over them, as though they were a role-playing game. So that people roll up characters at the beginning of Phantom Menace, and there's a GM who's like <laughs> planning the game, but then the players keep messing up the game by making really weird choices. It's hilarious. It's so good, and they've done. If like at, again, I, I, last time I looked at it, it's been a couple months. I think they were in the middle of. Jedi, so they're pretty far into it. They've gone through tons and tons of these comics by now. And I read a, a zillion of them as soon as I found out about this job because I was like, yeah. It's <laughs> we'll so, it's so neat. Up. Oh yeah, I recommend it highly. It's very cool. And you know, something that popped into my head while you were talking is 
the relationship with Star Wars and Marvel has to be much different than Marvel working with, you know, just the Marvel property on its own. Oh, sure. Because oh, sure. the films and the books and everything are all canon, whereas right. the Marvel Cinematic Universe is completely different. So can you talk a little bit about that and, like, how it's, you know, different for you? Sure. I mean, well, uh, I mean, the big thing is that there's just a lot more cooperation and a lot more collaboration. Uh, so every... Every story that we come up with for Star Wars, we, we send it to... Me and the, the writer will work on it together. We'll send it to Frank over at Lucasfilm. He'll share it with Story Group. You know, so there's a lot more people weighing in on what what happens in every story and what we can and can't do You know, about those things. Whereas when I work on the Deadpool books, which I also do, I mean, there are certain things that I would have to check with my editor-in-chief about, but like... For most most things, I'm the story group of Deadpool. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like me and the writer work together, and it's like, yes, you can do that. Done. It's happening, <laughs> and then it just happens. Um, so yeah, you know, very rarely do I have to bring other people in. So you know, on some level, it's easier to do Marvel books, but at the same time, it's very rewarding because again, it is part of this giant canon that includes the films. So, and I do a show that's all based on fangirls and females and fandom and stuff like that. And you know, we got the announcement recently that there's going to be another Darth Vader series. Mm-hmm. And something that we were kind of curious about is, you know, why are we doing more Vader instead of sort of doing a series sort of highlighting some of those other characters or some of the female characters? And I'm assuming it's controlled by the story group, but... Well, just- no, that's, I mean, there's a lot of people involved in the decision for which books we do, but... Um, so, I mean, I don't want to put it on any yeah. one group. Like, everybody's involved. I mean, that said, why are we doing a story about Vader? Because he's one of the most well, popular yeah. characters in the world, let alone Star Wars. That said, we do, we are happy that we're doing, you know, Dr. Afra, which yep. is a, a great yep. female character who is also new to the comics, which was pretty neat. Um, we haven't done a ton of other female lead, te- lead books. I know we did Princess Leia right at the yes. beginning. Yes. Have we done any other ones since then? So, no. Yeah, not really. The most recent Star Wars annual focused on Leia and a new female character, uh, Pash Devane. But yeah, there hasn't been any other female leads, and that's yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, obviously the adaptation, but that's yeah. of the Force Awakens <laughs> and, and and Rogue One, but that doesn't really count. Um, I do obviously. Uh, Lucasfilm has made a, a real effort to increase yes. the number of awesome female characters from like the very small number in the original trilogy to a, a large, large amount recently. Which is great because yeah, it's it's great to be inclusive of everyone and we wanna do our part. That said, you know, Darth Vader is cool. So we yeah, wanted Darth to do Vader Darth Vader. Is, Darth Vader. That is that is true. That is true. <laughs> That's but that doesn't mean there won't necessarily be other female characters in the story in the Darth Vader book even right. who will come and go. Yeah. I mean the Emperor is still gonna be a guy, spoiler, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Marvel reveal. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna change his gender like we did with Thor. Uh, <laughs> so we know that what was it? it was some Citadel. Oh, Screaming Citadel. Screaming Citadel was yeah, announced, yeah. and the covers look really awesome. Yeah. What can you tell us about that book coming uh, out? It's it's really neat. Uh, speaking again of Doctor Afra, Doctor Afra in that uh, teams up with Luke. Oh, right here. Yeah, I saw one of the covers. You see them two together. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're on this adventure together. Uh, yeah, which, again, the, the question being, given Dr. Afra's, uh, you know, temperament and morality, is it 
is it an, a team up that's on the up and up and, or not? And right. you'll have to read to see. But then the whole cast gets involved from both books, uh, from her book and from the Star Wars book. And uh, Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen are co-writing it together. And when we got together to come up with the idea, they wanted to lean into uh, like kind of a, a romantic horror. Uh, not romantic horror, like a, I don't mean, uh, I meant more of like a gothic horror kind of situation. Yeah. Um, uh, which is something I don't think we've seen much in Star Wars. So mm -hmm. we were like, yeah, what would that be like? And so the, hence the Screaming Citadel is our, our, our dark and mysterious castle that the, uh, that the uh, story takes place in. It's really fun. It's really uh, pretty twisted, but fun. Uh, we've, we just sent the first issue to press, um, and I'm actually planning to give uh, a fan a preview of the first issue at, at our panel. Oh, week. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about Star Wars Celebration. So you guys have a panel coming up, mm -hmm. um, and it's on Saturday, I yep. believe you said. So we know you probably can't share a whole lot because there's stuff still yet to be released, but what are you excited about about that panel? Um, well, yeah. Uh, first of all, um, we've got a, a bunch of great people on it, so I'll be on it with my assistant Heather, uh, Heather Entos, that is to say, Charles Soule, the writer of currently of Poe, but also soon of Darth Vader, and in the past of Lando and Anakin and Obi Wan. He'll be on it. Phil Noto, uh, artist of uh, Chewbacca as well as Poe Dameron, he'll be on it. John Tyler Christopher, who does the great um, uh, action figure variants for us, he'll be on it. Uh, and Matt Martin from Story Group will be yeah. on it, who is our main uh, Story Group contact nowadays. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. I can't tell you what we're going to be talking about uh, exactly, other than all the books that you know about, but there is an announcement of a new uh, project being announced tomorrow at a uh, at the publishing panel that we will be discussing more about on Saturday, and it should be a lot of fun. Very cool. So, what's something like if some of the fans, like maybe they're not huge comic fans and stuff, what's something that you could share with them about why they should jump into the comics? Because we have a lot of people that are novel fans that listen sure. to our show, but what about for those people that are still kind of like, I don't know, about comics? Well, I, I would say, yeah, uh, I mean, I can understand that. Comic books. Uh, they're a different medium, and, and they do. If you're completely unfamiliar with them, they take a little bit of getting used to because you have to read at the same time as you're looking at pictures. Um, that sounds like I'm being, I'm talking <laughs> down to people, but I, I, but seriously, that is a thing you. It's a skill you have to learn. because yeah. uh, you're putting the action together. You're putting the, the, the words into the mouths of those pictures yourself in your brain. Um, that being said, I do think Star Wars is a great way to do it because, because since they are characters you are familiar with from films and things. It gives you that that jump start. So, I would say jumping into our books and giving a shot to, let's say, the first volume of Star Wars or the first volume of Darth Vader, is a great way to jump in and go, oh, I know what Vader sounds like. So, it's easy to imagine his voice into these comics, and then you get to see awesome extra adventures with these characters. And the artists bring so much to it because they, I mean, again, just like the movies have great cinematographers and great designers. Uh, the Marvel artists love these characters. As soon as we said we were doing Star Wars books, so many different artists were like, oh my god, I have to draw them, I have to draw them. And they bring so much love and so much detail to it. I think, it, I think it's, it's, just, it's just fun. It's just fun to see what they bring to it and what they, what they imagine and what they're able to do. 
artistically. Um, so yeah, I, don't know. I think it's terrific, and like you said, the fact that we do get to play an actual canon, you know, in the first volume of Star Wars and Vader, we got to show, slight spoiler, the moment where Vader finds out that Luke is his kid. That's and awesome. when we figured out that no one had shown that in the in, like in the canon as it stood, we were like, oh my god, that is amazing! Can we do that? And they were like, yeah, we can figure out a way to do that. It was so great, and the fact that we get to do things like that, and also just the fact that we get to do things like you, you know, people were so excited that uh, Rogue One got to show Vader doing more stuff for that like tiny, tiny bit of moments. We do, we've done 25 issues of him being that awesome, yeah. and we're gonna do more. Like you get to have that sort of stuff that. That you can't do. I mean, uh, there have Mark Hamill's playing Luke Skywalker again, but he can never play young Luke Skywalker again, quite. Right. In the comics, we can do that. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. My pleasure. Okay. And if people wanted to follow you on social media, how could they follow you or follow, oh, yeah. the, follow the comics? Um, well, I mean, Marvel obviously is on Twitter, at Marvel. Um, I'm on Twitter. It's a weird one, though. It's at Crackshot with a zero for an O. Um, you can follow me on there. I'll talk about comics. I'll talk about playing ukulele. I'll talk about my Sailor Moon podcast that I do. <laughs> you have a Sailor Moon awesome. podcast? I do. That's amazing. I do, well, I I do a podcast about Sailor Moon. You found right a new, the new listener. I'm pointing at Teresa. It's, it's, it's called Sailor Business. You should check it out. Uh, I it's will. You, you have no idea. I will, actually. That's great. I, I love Sailor Moon. Please, yes, please. We're, 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 we're very far into it. We're 100-something episodes in. We're going to do the all 200. Oh, awesome. nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is so cool. So cool. All right, well, again, thank you so much. My pleasure. All righty. Well, that's the end of our celebration coverage. I'm sad. It's like it's ending. It's like celebration's over all over again. I know. I hate it. I don't like it. No fun. No fun at all. But we do have a bunch of stuff that we need to review and stuff to cover, so this isn't the end we have so much stuff to do. Still. Yes, we have a ton more uh, to cover. We obviously have um, Empire's End that you're finishing up, and I need to re- kind of reread some of it, I think, to refresh my memory. But we're probably going to be reviewing that one next. And then, obviously, you know, beyond that, we have all the comics and Thrawn and the Disney publishing books that just came out. So there's oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Oh, Guardian of the Wills and Rebel Rising. Like, I can't wait to read those. Like, guys, so excited right now. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we have a ton, and hopefully that means that you'll be hearing from us more often. Um, you know, So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll be doing another episode. And yeah, I just wanted to say before we go, though, like it was really awesome to meet anyone that came up to us at Celebration that talked to us about listening to the show. We really appreciate your support. We did get some people that came up to us um, that I had never met before who came up to us, recognized us, and you know told us that they really enjoy the show. Yeah, so, that was really awesome. Thank you to everybody who did that. Yeah, so that was that was really cool. Um, cannot wait for another event like this. Uh, Star Wars Celebration, I guess, isn't going to happen again until 2019. Yeah, we don't even know where. We don't know where, but um, this one was, was great. And um, yeah, can't wait till the next one. And I guess... <laughs> <laughs> it's just so sad. Like... <laughs> It feels like the end of something. That's what it feels like to me anyway. But yeah, and I know there were some of you that were saying like you wanted buttons and you couldn't make it to celebration and stuff. But we do have some buttons left over. Uh, I don't don't remember exactly what we have left. I know we have a lot of Lumpa Wumpa Roo. um, But we have some of the logo buttons and I don't know if we have any Thrawn buttons. 
We do have um, a, a small amount of Thrawn buttons left. Um, I think we have some of all three of the buttons left. So yeah, if there was anybody that like really wanted one, and you were just really bummed that you couldn't make it to celebration, um, yeah, shoot us an email with your address. Yeah, please and- make sure it's an email though too, and we'll give you that in just a second. But uh, we may save a couple of the Thrawn buttons to do like it's like giveaways or something like that. But yeah, if you wanted any of those three, send us an email and make sure you, uh, you know what? Actually, I'm doing you one better, Aaron. What's that? Doing you one better. If you have not done so, or if it's been a while since you've done it, you need to go over to iTunes or your podcatcher and you need to leave us a review and screenshot that review and send it to us in an email. And then we will send you buttons. But we need reviews, guys. That's what we really, really need. We need we need five star reviews, and not just five stars, but actually a written review saying how much you enjoy the show. So that's your requirement. You've got to take a little bit of time, go give us a review, take a real quick screenshot of that, take a picture of it with your phone if it's on your computer or whatever, and then include that in your email that you send to us. And then we will get buttons out to you. So, but you have to do the review thing. Have to, have to, have to. We're bribing people for reviews now, huh? I don't care. I will do whatever. Just make sure it's legit. If you really love our show and you want to leave us a five star review, yeah, no button collectors here. You know, (laughs) actually be a tried and true bookworms listener and you actually like the show. So (laughs) that's important. So I guess until next time, you can find us in between shows on Twitter. We're at SW Bookworms. And like we said, send us an email. So here's your email address, StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash StarWarsBookworms. I am going to be posting a couple pictures from Star Wars Celebration over on Facebook. So if you're curious to see some of the things that we did or just us meeting Dave Filoni in a random elevator, that will be on the Facebook page. Uh, So go check that out. Uh, We're also on iTunes, just like we were talking about. If you haven't left us a review yet, we would love for you to leave us a review, not just to get a button, but just because you actually like listening to us. We'd love to hear from you and uh, see that review over on iTunes. Uh, You can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram at IceColdPenguin. And you can find me me in the same places at AVGoins. So until next time, keep on reading and may the Force be with you.